Direct from Music City, this is live from Nashville on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. The first thing I remember knowing was a lonesome whistle blowing and a youngin's dream of growing up to ride. On a freight train leaving town, not knowing where I'm bound, and no one can change my mind but Mama tried. The one and only rebel child from a family meek and mild, my Mama seemed to know what lay in store. Despite all my Sunday learning, towards the bad I kept on turning, till Mama couldn't hold me anymore. I turned 21 in prison doing life without parole No one could steer me right but Mama tried Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better But her pleading I denied That leaves only me to blame cause Mama tried Dear old daddy, rest his soul, left my mom a heavy load. She tried so very hard to fill his shoes. Working hours without rest, wanted me to have the best. She tried to raise me right, but I refused. And I turned 21 in prison, doing life without parole. No one could steer me right, but Mama tried. Mama tried, Mama tried to raise me better. But her pleading I denied. That leaves only me to blame, cause Mama tried. Well, good Saturday. This is live from Nashville. I'm your host, Gary Holt. Joining me is my partner in crime and my lifetime partner, Miss Mary Kay. Good morning, Mary Kay. Good morning. That's a little Merle Haggard to kick things off today with his great, great song, Mama Tried. And uh, so what's been going on in Nashville this week for you, dear? Oh, my goodness. For me, uh, well, you know, I think what even a bigger picture of what's been going on we're having a little trouble hearing you there Mary Kay oh all right well you know it's just been busy in Nashville we've got great weather we have Taylor Swift in town we're having a little challenge with your phone right now cutting in and out so um, I'm going to go ahead and just tell folks who we've got joining us on the show today. And we have a great lineup headed our way today on Live from Nashville. First of all, a really, really good friend of ours, Miss Mickey Furman, will be joining us for the first segment of the show. And then all the way from Texas, we've got a young lady who writes a lot here in Nashville, and that's Miss Olivia Harms. So we're going to have a great time visiting with both of these young ladies. But right now, let's take a listen to a great song from Mickey Furman. It's one called 
Runaway Heart. We'll be back in just a moment with Live from Nashville. Roped and tied and tamed Paul talked out of loving you for a change Then you came riding in There it went again Off like a herd of wild mustangs Feelings free now we're on the run And we might eat some dust Let's fall in love or bust Got a feeling this race has just begun Award 
in Oklahoma City just just a few few weeks ago. So please honor a dear friend and talented artist, Mickey Furman. Hello, 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 friends. <laughs> hello, Miss Mickey Furman. I tell you what, I, we've only been friends for what a year and a half, something like that. But uh, I yes. smile every time I think of the circumstances, and it just felt Me like too. such a such a serendipitous and wonderful thing that we all got to be friends. Yes, pretty it's cool. all because you reached cool. out. You reached out to say welcome to Nashville. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, Mary Kay comes to Nashville. You got to say, well, welcome to my town. You know. Uh, yeah, I, I've never dreamed that you'd be moving here, but I thought I have no idea if she knows people here or whatever, and I don't really know her very well. But I reached out, and we just fell in like thieves, as they say. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> yep, oh. it's been great. It has. Uh, I think within da- I think within days, I had you singing on my album. I'm pretty sure I did. So. You know, I think you're right. I think it was yeah. just a few weeks after, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we had lunch with you. Yep. Yes. That was a special, you know, your whole album, Westbound, is just, the whole album was so beautifully done. You said, you have a saying about the album that there's a bit of magic in it. Is that what you say? I can't remember your exact wording. I think, I just think, I think it's interwoven with love. There's just, I mean, really, and and just a special it just has a special little spirit about it i think everyone who touched touched the album was dear to me that has a lot to do with it and the songs the way they came about over the years and collecting the the ones that i didn't write and writing the ones uh, that are there about five of them there was just just an undercurrent of fellowship i think in that album and i, I believe yeah. that shows I, it really I was does. listening also, to I was just listening to Runaway Heart as you as you played that and and I <laughs> and it took me back to the little rented duplex I lived in in Nashville when I wrote that song and that's you know something that would be interesting to talk about today is just since we're live from Nashville to talk about my my Nashville years I've been here as you said I guess it's I finally moved here in about 1990 um, after being based in Shreveport, Louisiana, before that, and there've just been so many ups and downs and twists in the road. But I do mm. remember sitting in the living room of my little my little duplex, writing that song and just having so much fun writing that Western imagery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's exactly. a great song. As a matter of fact, that was uh, that's my pick song of the week for the week ending today. And uh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. I think we're going to be doing a pick of the week every week from now on out. That's That's kind of a fun thing to do. But a great, great song. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so how did you end up in Nashville, Mickey? How did you end up coming to Nashville in the 90s? Oh, my goodness. Everybody's got a, you know, quite a story about how they came to Nashville. (laughs) You know, some some people talk about taking the bus to Nashville and, and, and hash or waiting tables, whatever you got to do to finally get in the door. My very first trip to Nashville, I had just turned 17, and it was to play the Grand Ole Opry. <laughs> so, oh wow! Oh wow! I was I was already headlining the Louisiana Hayride and had some local records out in the Louisiana Texas area, and um, 
not long after that, I got picked up by MCA Records. But yeah, my, I, I had enough, you know, noise going on that we were able to arrange a, a, an appearance on the Grand Ole Opry, the first couple that I did. But yeah, that was my first Nashville experience. And of course, you know, young thing, I, I thought, well, shoot, this is there's nothing to this. You just Pretty roll easy. in the cab yeah. and play the Opry. <laughs> yeah, I gotta, I gotta uh-huh. ask you stop right, stop right there for just a minute. So when you played the Opry, who introduced you that night? Roy Acuff. What do wow. you think about yep. that? What do you yep. think about Roy that? Acuff. I I was blown away. the The backstage area at the Opry is really big, probably bigger than people realize, and there's a lot of fraternizing and visiting going on, uh, and here I was, you know, n- never been to Nashville, and that this is a long time ago, you know. Eddie Rabbit was on the show, Larry Gatlin, and just all these people, and, and Roy Acuff, you know. Uh, I, I, he didn't, I didn't know as much about his music probably as I should have, but, you know, my mother was extremely impressed that Roy Acuff was there. Yeah, I would have imagined. But he, he found out I was from the Hayride, and he pulled me aside and told me all kinds of stories about playing the Hayride himself as a younger artist. Yeah. And wow. It just, yeah. It was amazing. Well, it's pretty cool. It was, it was just an incredible uh, night. Yeah. And so now, you know, they have the, the, uh, the series they do on circle television called the, the, your Opry debut. And so it's really a lot of fun to see these uh, young performers that are coming on and getting to play the Opry for the very first time. And so to be able to do that at 17 years yeah. old is quite, quite a memory to be able to share. I think it so. was a little harder in those days to get on the show. It seems like, you know, they're they're a whole lot more open now about being or welcoming up-and-coming artists. But it was it didn't happen as often during those years. So it was, I think I was one of only a few who were there that night who weren't. Opry members. members. Wow. So it was, yes. Wow. And I well, remember well. talking to Larry Gatlin backstage and I, and I told him how nervous I was. And he says, Why are you nervous? He put his arm around me. Why are you nervous? I said, Look at all these people backstage. <laughs> <laughs> he said, Now, now. He said, You don't worry about any of us back here. He said, You see all those folks sitting out there? They're the ones. There's the ones you got to worry about. And you yeah, sing to right. them. You go sing to them. Don't worry about anybody else. Great advice. Oh. Great, great advice. Well, I'm going to get to another song very quickly. This is another song from the tremendous album Westbound. And by the way, I will take credit for early on saying Westbound was going to be the album to watch. And sure enough, it won the Wrangler Award. I did. You can make a a prophecy like that for me anytime you want to, Gary. (laughs) 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 Well, and and by the way, the Wrangler Awards are the most prestigious award in all of Western music. It uh, was super special. Quite a deal. Quite a deal. But let's take a listen to Odyssey, Wyoming. It's another great song from the album Westbound. We're going to come back and talk more with Mickey Furman today on Live from Nashville. Toby came to Texas, hired on to run cattle. A 
finer cow hand I have never known But how he loved to tell us That the country didn't suit him And there was nothing about Texas Could compare with his sweet home He'd say If you think that sky is blue Then you ought to see Wyoming On a clear September morning Why it's bluer than the sea Someday I'm going back there At the end of all my roaming I'll turn this pony loose And never leave Yeah, you ought to see Wyoming Yes, sirree With its big hotels and streetcars He said it's fine But it ain't no Cheyenne And I'm toward San Antonio Through the rolling hills and valleys Old Toby shook his head And we heard that tale again If you think them hills is tall Well, you ought to see Wyoming Where the Tetons hold the clouds Around their snowy peaks Someday I'm going back there At the end of all my roaming I'll turn this pony and never leave Boys, you ought to see Wyoming Yes, sirree Probably the, that was probably the decision point for making Westbound. I knew when I when I finished that song. Oh, 
want this to be something bigger than just one song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a that song is a a career maker song. It really is. And you know, well, it's interesting. We were talking about the Opry days, you know, and then and then Westbound, which is happening now. I see those as bookends to my life. Uh, the album Westbound is such a miracle, more so than people realize. And you know, I joked about coming into Nashville and playing the Opry the first week, but for me, the the rough road and the hard knocks and the heartache came afterward, and that's what yeah. to me has been interesting. Uh, it's almost as if I lived it backwards, but but it was a circle. I didn't realize it was a circle at the time, but it it came back, and uh, and I you know I will explain that. But but that's how where I feel. Did, about where did your sort of where did your back. family come from? You're you're kind of a Western family originally, aren't you? Well, that's thanks to my dad. My my mother's family has been in Louisiana for generations. My dad was born in North Dakota to. Uh, to a horse trainer and well, horse trader. Let's just be honest here. <laughs> we also <laughs> broke horses. Yeah, he was he was kind of a little, he was born in Oklahoma Territory. My grandfather and and was, I think actually a friend of Will Rogers. They were from kind of the same area, but um, he he was just a horse guy and and a farm ranch guy. He drifted around, ended up putting a. a buying a farm in northwestern Minnesota, which was where my dad was raised. And I spent every okay. summer of my life at this at this place. And there were, you know, cattle and quarter horses they raised and they had sheep and chickens and the whole thing. And um and I just I got to experience that every summer. And not only that, but their farm was on the Leech Lake Ojibwe reservation. It, oh, wow. the land was on the reservation. And my grandmother was a foster parent, I think just because she just had a heart for kids and, and it probably, you know, just was something that she she liked doing. But uh, typically, well, I guess pretty much uh, across the board, all of her foster kids were, were Indians, were either Ojibwe or Sioux. And so right. every summer, my playmates are this little, you know, group of, of little Indian kids. <laughs> wow. So I'm wow. kind of getting the Cowboys and the Indians experience and the, all in the, at the same time. In fact, she adopted yeah. one of them. My uncle is uh, is actually Lakota. He's is a retired power yeah. dancer. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. So it's wow. just interesting. Wow. I sort of just, and I was, I would stay in the little bedroom upstairs that had been my father's. And there were all these old, old thing gray books. Old, yeah. uh, remember the little big books, the little Roy Rogers and all yes. of those? Oh, yeah. My dad loved all that. Yeah. And I read every one of those. And later on, my grandmother gave all those to me because she said I was I was the only grandchild who seemed to be crazy about reading those. And yeah, and I, so I, I just grew up with all that around me in the summers, and then I would go back to Louisiana. He, he met my mom uh, while he was stationed in the Army down there, and she insisted on raising us in Louisiana. So, uh, so, so I kind of have that split, you know. <laughs> yeah. Split <you> personality. <laughs> the, the deeply southern and the and then the kind of ranchy farmy sort of thing too. We we moved out to Prescott, Arizona when I was 
about four years old because I had severe asthma as a child. Huh. And wow. still, wow. I still struggle with that. I have to take medicine every day. But we moved out there because I just wasn't doing well in, in that humid Louisiana climate. Yeah. And uh, we we rented a little place that was on on a ranch, and a working ranch. And I was standing outside, and I saw – I may have told you this story before, Mary Kay – Saw this cloud no, of dust I don't think coming, so. coming into, coming in, coming across, you know, and and out of the cloud of dust, all of these horses emerge, mustangs. Wow! Oh, beautiful. Painted like spotted and dark and light and just all different colors of horses came out of this dust cloud, and behind them, cowboys, and they they herded them into a pen, and I stood there with my mouth open. And I promise you, every time, I mean, I write Western fiction, nonfiction, and songs. Every time I start to write, I see that. And it it never fails to put chill bumps on me. And it's just the moment that I fell in love with the West and the seed was planted. Wow. Wow. I went back to Louisiana, but I just felt like I left something out there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and which my, brings my family us. traveled out west a lot too. You know, we spent a lot of time. Yeah. Knocking around. In the west. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's another song that I want to get to, and this is one called "Stories That the Rocks Tell." Tell us about this, Mickey. Okay. Well, this song was actually written as a um, for a friend who's who's an author. I had donated a, a song to be written about whatever you want for the Western Rogers of America Homestead Auction uh, fundraiser. And so I just started thinking about my friend who's a who's a, an author and, and me and where stories come from. But really, the probably the seed of this song was planted up on Scott's Bluff in Nebraska. I had driven up to the top of Scott's Bluff. It's really strange, but I, I was walking around, and there are all these rocks around me and shrubs. The wind was blowing, and I could hear, I thought I could hear Native American chants. I thought I could hear songs and drums, and then it would go away, and then it would come back. But this is creepy. I know this place is supposed to have, you know, some sacred meaning to it, but this is very interesting. So I start wow. walking around, and... And I look down into the valley, and there's powwow going on in the valley. Oh, and sure enough, the wind was carrying the songs up to this to this hill and all the rocks around me. And that I guess that that memory was fused with writing about being a writer, and uh, that's that's where a lot of the imagery came from. Well, this is a great song. It's called "Stories That the Rocks Tell." It's from the great album Westbound. Our special guest this morning is Mickey Furman. I can hear my mother's voice so clear Reading by my bedside Odysseys and fairy tales How she made them come alive 
She said stories are all around my child That's something you've been taught well Just go to the mountain and you will hear The stories that the rocks tell So come on Molly, let's go to the mountain You can chase the Juvenile author 
asked that I mm-hmm. include her dog Molly, who had just passed away. So that's, oh. that's my mom. <laughs> I was listening to it and I was thinking of uh, your daughters. I yes, I have a daughter named Molly John. Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, your Nashville years, you were talking about, you know, ups and downs. You came into Nashville on a high. Um, what are right. some things that you learned? What did you learn about Nashville right away in those early years? What what saved me when I well I should should back up I I did not come to Nashville right away I um, I was a recording artist up in into my twenties and you know had been doing it professionally for gosh since I was thirteen when I first joined a band. And I, I hadn't gone to college. I hadn't had a date. I hadn't, you know, I just didn't have wow. a life other than music. So mm-hmm. uh, there was some kind of strange political stuff at the label, and I, and and they 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 got rid of my producer, and therefore, you know, all of his artists, including me. And so there I was at like twenty one, twenty two years old, uh, lost my record deal, and wasn't sure what to do next, but. I was actually kind of tired, you know, I, I just needed to breathe. Well, you know, what are you going to do? You get married, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I, and I was, you know, that was, that was marriage number one. And, and, you know, I, I won't go into that, but it, it did not last a long, long time, but I did get two absolutely gorgeous daughters out of it. And when they were very small, not even in school, I found myself at the end of that marriage, and I had more friends in Nashville than I did anywhere else, so we moved here. And those yeah. those were the lean years. I was a single mom for 11 years before I remarried, and uh, we I, I tried to write songs on the side, which was, you know, that, that kind of scratched the creative itch, but I had to make a living, and I didn't want to tour with these little girls, and it was just, those were lean years. My mom was 600 miles away. I had no one here, you know, we, except my songwriter friends. What I learned about Nashville was that songwriters are such a community. They and are, yeah. we were we were all best friends. We we hung out together. We babysat each other for kids and and we would play songwriter nights together. A friend of mine who was a writer back in those days likened it to she said it's kind of like, you know, after a plane crash and everybody's in the water with their life vests on and mm. you're all holding on to each other and somebody will get tired and start to sag and everybody else holds them up, you know, and it was very much like that. There was such a, a, a brotherhood and sisterhood among the songwriters that I got to know. And I uh, I kind of limped along through those years, wrote a bunch of songs, but the only major cut I got was on a, a Tracy Bird album, which went double platinum. And, you know, that was nice. Uh, yeah. Money in the bank, down payment on a house and that kind of thing. I had, during my marriage, strangely gotten an engineering degree. And as the girls got older, I decided to make a little bit more money. So I went into the commercial construction business and was a worked my way up to project manager over a period of years did that for for a long time so it was sort of like I'd, I music was in this pandora's box it was or in a box it was just in a little box on the shelf i would write a few songs down then play a little show at the bluebird 
but it was just locked away. And yeah. I remarried uh, in 2002, a music business attorney, Michael Milam, and that thrust me into into a totally different place. I was suddenly a lawyer's wife, and I, I felt that came yeah. with expectations. My children were teenage girls, and they were, you know, that they required a lot of hands-on, as you know, having teenage girls. And yeah. uh, and I and I just focused on them, and then and then I, after that, I ra- we raised a grandson who is now twenty. So I was just um I was I was actively parenting for about thirty eight years before the, <laughs> the last one moved out, and that's where I've been. That's what I've been doing. Uh, and you know, I started dabbling in Western fiction about eight or nine years ago, just just because I loved the subject and had an opportunity to release some short stories that turned into joining Western Writers of America. I've become very active in that organization. And uh, and that turned into, well, there are these little music jams at the WWA conventions and all of our friends, Jim Jones and Almeida and you, and uh, Carol Markstrom, and a lot of people are there sitting in. And I start thinking, huh, well, what if I... I can do this. <laughs> you know, I had I already had going Oklahoma, which is on the album that I'd written when I was a teenager, and I thought, huh, what if I wrote a couple of songs and joined in, and and it just after a couple of years, I thought, oh my gosh, I just felt this tug, and putting this album together with my producer, I I saw as the theme to it, and. Uh, it just felt like coming home. When I started singing these Western songs, I just felt like my voice had come home. I I, I'm that. right back there, four years old, watching those horses ride out of the dust. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And, and this is such a miracle. That. It's all such a miracle. It, it is. I love, I love how God works. That's amazing. You know, um, you you teach me a lot about Nashville all the time and really you know and Gary Gary, yeah like where to find the best biscuits right (laughs) (laughs) well those kinds of things that's part of it that's part of it those (laughs) those kinds of things but it's definitely um you know the history of Nashville and the appreciation Mm -hmm. of the um the culture here there's a real reverence for the songwriter and for the art and for the business and it really is music city um, but mm-hmm. it's the little things. Like one time you showed up to hear me sing, and I thanked you for coming. And you said, um, "Singers don't leave. Uh, singers don't leave their friends to sing alone." <laughs> oh, friends, <laughs> friends don't saying? let friends. Yeah, friends don't let friends play in an empty room. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, yeah, things like that. Oh my goodness. Well. Nashville is a cool city. It's it's changing a lot. It's changed a whole lot in the last five or ten years. But it's a very old city, and has you know goes just way back into the 1700s. And and I love the history here. And at one time, Tennessee was the frontier. So that has That's right. been an interesting. Yeah, it's uh it's it's interesting when you think of that. You know, 150 years ago, 200 years ago, there weren't many people out west and this almost was the west 
This was the West. And Nashville's always had a, a strong, strong relationship with Western music, too. Many of the Western artists over time recorded here, lived here. And I'm well, really happy well, to see, see that still going on. Yeah, you know, this on. this conversation has been so much fun, and uh, we're about to run out of time for this segment of the show. Oh, man. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's just been fast, and um, yeah, our next guest is waiting to come on, so we're going to let them wait for just a minute. Yay! But, but uh, <laughs> you girls are half of a super group that's been formed, so... Well, you want to tell us just real quickly? Tell us, tell real, real quickly what the name of the group is and a little bit of the plan. Well, we, you know, we we have a little crew of gals who are, are not only great friends but we're musicians. Mary Kay, uh, Tisha McKenna, and Myrna Lewis, wonderful fiddler here in town, and we played together out at the IWMA convention last fall. But we're we're cooking up some stuff. We're we're gonna maybe do some touring together and got lots of plans so stay tuned on that and i yeah. also plan to go into the studio late this summer and we'll be doing All right. sessions <laughs> since westbound yeah this will be the start on the next album and probably we'll have a single out before the end of the year That's well, we're looking forward oh, to I'm that so we are looking forward to that mary Kay, what's the name of the supergirls group that you guys have gotten started we we call ourselves Gone with the West. We're, Gone with the West. We've got yes. Um, we're that, combining that Southern the Western thing. Yeah, yeah, Southern yeah. Western <laughs> thing going on here. Yeah, yeah, not quite Gone with the Wind, but Gone with the West. Yeah, so that is so cool. That is so cool. Well, we look forward to seeing what happens, and I understand there's like a tumbleweed tour or something that's in the works on that. So yes. we look forward we're to hearing on more it. about that. Yeah. We look forward to hearing more about that. I think you We're have another close song out to this. play. Do we have? I got I got one more song I'm going to get to. I had I had two or three more, but we're going to skip okay. around and hit this one. Okay. And uh, uh, we're going to wrap up this segment with a great song called "What a Moon." And I know this has been getting a lot of radio play around the country. So, Mickey this Furman, was the you last have been song I finished great. right before the recording session started. I think. Yes. Wow. <laughs> We yeah. all, ha- wow. yeah, every album has that yep. song. <laughs> wow. wow. I know, I know. Well, it's Thank a great so song. Thank you Mary and Mary Kay. Hey, listen, we look forward to having yeah, you come back you. again. I'm telling you what, I'm thinking about, um, I'm thinking about another show, Mary Kay. This should excite you. Yeah. But uh, uh, Mickey, you were over at the house and, and some more friends over at the house and, uh, and I thought we need to do a show called Road Stories because the stories <laughs> that you guys can tell. We can't tell most of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, got, you have to clean it up, clean it up a little bit. But hey, stay tuned. We may we may do a show called Road Stories or something. But anyway, Mickey, thanks so much for being with us today. It was a pleasure. This it's always is... a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you for featuring my music. Well, you're very welcome. So this is What a Moon. We'll be right back. You're listening to Live from Nashville. The porch is swept. The cows are fed. The chicken. 
City, and when we come back, we're going to be talking with a young lady who has been raised on a 150-year-old ranch and moved from Oregon to Nashville to Texas and about. We'll be visiting with Olivia Harms when we return on Live from Nashville.
That's right. <laughs> Road of Life with Olivia Harms. Hey, Olivia, how are you? Well, I'm good. How are y'all doing today? We're doing fine. Awesome. Doing fine. Yeah. Doing fine. Well, it good. is so oh. good to have you on the show. And and you come from a musical family. Mama is Joni Harms. And uh, Joni has been a good friend for a long, long time. As a matter of fact, she was just on the Campfire Cafe on Thursday. And uh, we're kind of setting a record because Thursday we have Joni and Saturday we have Olivia. And that is like a record, I think, to have mother and daughter. Two generations. Yeah. Two generations. Yeah, two generations. But uh, you've been yeah. you've been on stage for a long time. How old were you the first time you were on stage? Well, the story goes that I was, you know, fully cooked, and uh, you know, Mary Kay, you know, and the fully cooked, and you're probably yeah. ready to have them out. But <laughs> and I'm sure you did many of the same things that my mom did because she's like, oh, I think yeah. she's fully cooked, and I'm ready to have her out. I got a gig I got to get to, and uh, so what she did is she went into the doctor and. She said, you know, I'm doing this this gig, and at the time, it was, uh, I think, at the Portland Speedway with, like, Clint Black and the tractors that she was going to be playing with, and uh, she said, I don't want to miss it, so can we get the baby out so I can do my gig? And so on June 13th, we're at 1.13, military time, 13.13, and room 13, I came along, and uh, two days later, she went out and did her gig, <laughs> and... Uh, so story goes, I was just born right in it, right out of the chute. <laughs> and, and on stage at two days old and, and never yeah. stopped. Have never that's, stopped. That's right. That's, that's right. right. That's no, right. I've never stopped. Wow. Wow. <laughs> well, you have just been setting the woods on fire. You're just, you're just performing yeah. all over the place and you have traveled uh, globally with your mama performing. Uh, we got to see you guys in November. Actually, met you for the first time and Joni for the very first time in November back at the uh, IWMA convention, and it was so That's good right. to finally get to do that. I, I can't believe it's been the first time because uh, Joni and I think you were there too. Performed at one of my rendezvous in, uh, I believe, Washington State a few years ago. Oh yes. I believe you're right. Yes, sir. That yeah, I know. It. It's crazy. It seems like I've known of both of you for so long and, and just yeah. like we've chatted before, and I've always loved listening to your music, Mary Kay, and so it, I was like, have I really never met y'all before? This is crazy, but we've finally made it happen. <laughs> we yes. did. We did. We did. And we look forward to having that happen again as well. But uh, you you've uh, you did a lot of writing. You've done a lot of writing back here in Nashville. Wood Newton was on the show what two months ago or so, Mary Kay, and yes. uh, uh-huh. and, and both Joni and you have written a lot with uh, with Wood. And um, yes, I love him. Yeah, I, I was talking to Mary Kay a little bit earlier, and it's like you moved from Oregon to Texas. Why did you not move from Oregon to Nashville? It's like a, I would call it like a half move to Nashville for a period of time. Um, I was basing myself out of Oregon and Nashville for like two years. I was kind of like doing a half and half split. And then COVID happened and, you know, I kind of got sent home 
And so I was hanging out in Oregon, and uh, I just, it was a really great way for me to kind of take a look at what I wanted to do and what I wanted to play and where I wanted to be. And I'd spent a couple years playing music in Nashville and writing. And I mean, that's where the best songwriters are without a doubt. That's, that's where the great folks are. And so I loved being there and kind of enjoying my songwriting school, if you will. But uh, it wasn't, it wasn't where my music best fit, I didn't think. And so I kind of took that time where I was forced to go home to the ranch and uh, said, where do I want to be? And I thought, you know, every time that I have played music in Texas or even anywhere, just in the Western states in general, but, you know, Texas kind of has their own little music scene going on. Right, their own scene. I'm going to go try it out and see what happens. And so I, you know, concocted this crazy idea of, buying a travel trailer and uh, me and my two dogs were going to drive from Oregon <laughs> to, to Texas. <laughs> and uh, I didn't, I didn't have any like, you know, idea of where to play, to be honest. I just kind of, <laughs> I call it like a gorilla tour, honestly. Cause I like Love started it. Googling all these places and I was like, I'll find somewhere. So I just spent a couple days, I don't know how many people I had to pester, but I'd send email and call and just pester all these poor venues until a few of them finally said, okay, fine. Like if we, if we hire you, will you quit bothering us? (laughs) But uh, it worked out great. And I got, I don't know, I think I was gone for six weeks or so. And I think I got 25 to 30 gigs put together all over Texas and took my trailer and it was it was such a great time that uh, I thought well I'll do it again and and then I ended up doing it a couple more times and then I just fell in love with the people down here and uh, decided I'd buy a house so now I'm a Texan oh wow Wow, wow. I know. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you like I tell most Texans, if it weren't for Tennessee, there would be no Texas, you know. So you <laughs> That's true. To keep first, the Texans humble. Sam, yeah. Sam Houston, Sam Houston was the first president of Texas, but before that he was the governor of Tennessee. And then, of course, there was Davy Crockett and those boys at the Alamo. So we'll, we'll take credit well, for all of that. Well, that's just right. And see, no that's wonder right. I like it so much because they come from Tennessee. You know what? That's right. That's yeah. right. That that's right. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> hey, I want to get to another song real quick, quickly. Tell us about Neon Blue. Absolutely. Uh, Neon Blue, I didn't get to write with Wood Newton. There's a couple songs y'all might play that are, well, Wood Newton song, but uh, it was written with one of my other good songwriting buddies, and uh, I just was telling her about how there's only two bars in Canby, Oregon, where I grew up, and so she said, well, you know, there might be a song in that somewhere, because I said, you know, in small towns, you know, small town life, someone breaks up, and uh, there's only two mm-hmm. bars to go to. So the guys always hit up the one, and it seems like they always get to the nice bar first. And we don't ever <laughs> want to walk in there after there's been a breakup in town. And so mm-hmm. we end up going to the dive bar. And the dive bar is called the Spinner. And it is more like a shed. It's really not much of a <laughs> an establishment at all. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, Anytime I've been there and my friends are there, it's really more about the company that's with you than the place you're at. And so we always have a good time. And 
And so that's kind of what inspired the song. And uh, about last year uh, in January, when I was ready to see what would happen if I released my first single to Texas Red Dirt Radio, uh, that's the one I chose to release. And uh, it went all the way up to the top 30 and spent a couple weeks in the Texas top 30. So it's been a a fun song and um, has a, a fun little story attached to it. Well, it is a great song. We're going to share that with our worldwide audience today on Live from Nashville. It's called Neon Blue. We'll be back and talk more with Olivia Harms in just a moment. love your voice on that you know you you got an honor oh you're welcome you received a very big honor this year from the cowgirl magazine you were listed as 30 under 30 cowgirls to watch how was that to get that news 
Oh, my gosh. It was, like, such an honor just to be with 29 other amazing women. And, uh, you know, I mean, I just looked at myself in that group, and I kept thinking, are you sure? Are you sure I'm supposed to be here? Because you got some of these amazing cowgirls that are doing all the marketing or design work for big brands like Justin or Huey or, you know, wonderful veterinarians that have worked in the equine program at the four sixes. And so just to be able to connect with them and, you know, kind of have some cow gal power going on. I just, I love being a part of it. So it was a very big honor. Well, I love what Cowgirl Magazine is doing. Um, I think they're doing such a great job of really shining a light on the women of the West. Um, Absolutely. I don't think, yeah, yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that the American public at large really understands cowboy culture in a way that, and, and Cowgirl Magazine does such a great job of really kind of bringing that into focus for people. So I love that. It really, they really do a wonderful job. I mean, I agree. And I think there's a few things with pop culture maybe that have kind of, piqued some uh, of the general public's interest in the Western lifestyle and Western industry Mm -hmm. and um, just the wild West in general. And so it's really great that Mm -hmm. we have wonderful sources like Cowgirl Magazine that is there for these people that are like, hey, this is kind of interesting. Let's learn more. And, uh, you know, Cowgirl Magazine or, you know, the Cowboy Channel, RFD TV, uh, the IWMA, all these wonderful programs. Mm -hmm. Western Horsemen. Exactly. They're just wonderful ways for people to learn more about what we've known our whole life. So I'm so grateful to have them. Yeah. It's, well, while it's you're pretty... talking about uh, while you're talking about cowgirls, you and Joni have been part of Art of the Cowgirl, my buddy Tammy Pate's program for the last couple of years. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing there? Absolutely. Yeah. Another amazing thing. I mean, I'm just so glad that we're, uh, you know, able to help honor so many different cowgirls, whether it's the 30 under 30 or the art of the cowgirl. Um, They ask my mom and I to do a songwriting workshop because they have so many different workshops that they put on led by cowgirls that are, you know, supposed to be a master at their trade. So there's silversmithing and leather work and, you know, um, cutting horse clinics and dog training clinics and anything that you can think of that has to do with the Western lifestyle that you might want to learn about getting into that sort of trade or that sort of um, hobby or event, if you will, they probably have a way for you to take one of their workshops and kind of be with some professionals in, in the workplace and learn how to do it. And so we've been doing a songwriting workshop for the last couple of years. We started doing it with uh, the wonderful Linda Thurston, Zeke Thurston's mom. And, uh, you know, then COVID kind of put a, a yeah. you know, a stop to bringing in the Canadians can join us next year because she's an amazing woman also. But it's just been really neat to be a part of, part of the cowgirl, watch it grow, and then just see how, how they're really highlighting all these wonderful horse ladies and and makers and uh, you know the western lifestyle because we need every bit of that that we can get Definitely. well mary yeah. Kay, i think we need to put that on our calendar for 2024 because they do let guys come to our the cowgirl they do so that would be, that'd be a lot of fun <laughs> that would be they a lot sure of do. fun and i know uh, i know they're always looking for more musicians so uh 
You know, I think I know a a great gal that could play there. That could be the case. Oh, well, you know, sign me up. That could be the case. (laughs) Hey, listen, I want to get to some more music and uh, come back and visit a little bit more. But this is I Don't Need You, But I Want You. And uh, can you tell us about this song? Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a story behind every song, Gary, you know. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> but, uh-huh. But, yes, I have just uh, listened to so many of my girlfriends over the years, you know. Um, I'm only 27, but still, I'm at the age where a lot of my friends are getting married. And uh, I've listened to a lot of them get married for absolutely the right reasons, because they just can't imagine life without someone. Um, and then, you know, sadly, I've had just a handful, just a couple friends that may have married too young and they said, well, we kind of wish that uh, we would have like been a little bit, um, had a little more time to figure out who they are and marry because you want to be that person with that person all the time, but not because you need them for security or, you know, for some of the reasons that women do get married young. That's right you know, different circumstances. And so I was with one of my co-writers in Nashville and I was, you know, talking about life as you do. And I said, I just think we need more positive uh, songs out there for females. You know, I don't, I try really hard not to write any songs um, about a man leaving me and me just being completely shattered because that's just not the image that I want to portray to young women. Not that that's, that's not a part of life at all. I, I'm not a man hater I, I, at all, but I just think <laughs> we need to be positive and, uh, you know, be a good role model and example for young ladies and teach them that maybe be secure in yourself first, and then you'll be happier when it comes down to it and uh, marry because you want to be with that person, but not because you need them. So exactly. this is, I don't need you, but I want you. This is by Olivia Harms. We'll be back in just a moment on Live from Nashville.
Wow, what a that's a great chord progression and melody on that tune, Olivia. Thank really you. Really nice. Thank you. Yes. Um, you know, we've just so loved visiting with you today. We've got one more song to play, but before I talk about that song, you know, what can we have a worldwide audience that listens to this show? Where can where can your brand new fans from this show find you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, come out to any show you can. I love meeting my new fans yes. and friends. And um, the easiest way for you to find me is probably to go on oliviaharms.com where I have all my tour dates listed. Uh, but if you want to follow along on some of my crazy adventures, I'm still pulling my trailer some of the time with my dogs, <laughs> and I'm always getting myself into something. So uh, you can find me on Facebook or Instagram or what do the young kids do, TikTok and all that stuff. So. I'm out there if you want to give me a follow and watch my crazy adventures. Come join the fun. (laughs) Well, I love that. And, you know, Gary and I have a favorite song that you do. And every time we listen to this together, we always say, what a beautiful job you do on this song that people are used to hearing the Dixie Chicks do it. But we just love your version so much. And so our last song today is Traveling Soldier. Can you tell us a little bit about your inspiration for for producing this song and singing it? Yeah, you know, it was so fun. A couple years ago, my mom and I were just kind of chatting in the car on one of our road trips, and we were doing some singing while we were going down the road and just some of our favorite country classics. And I said, you know, maybe sometime we should do a project of just our favorite kind of cover songs that we love to sing that are kind of other people's favorites too. And uh, we talked about it and rolled it over and just decided to do it. And so I made a list of some of my favorites, and she made a list of some of hers. And it was great because we kind of got this mix of uh, some of the traditional favorites and a couple contemporary ones, like I think Traveling Soldier and White Liar are on that album. And uh, Traveling Soldier was just a no-brainer for me because I've always loved that song. And I have always had such an appreciation for our men and women that are out there keeping us safe. You know, we are we are yeah. so lucky. It doesn't matter how crazy the world gets sometimes. You know, it doesn't take very much uh, to, to realize that we really still are the best country out there. And I would yeah. not want to live anywhere else. And I just can't be appreciative enough of all the people that are out there making such a sacrifice. Because Lord knows I would be too big of a... Uh, girls to go and fight and do the things that they have to do. So I just thought, well, let's do that one, and hopefully we can can honor some of those amazing, brave people. Well, this is Traveling Soldier. Olivia, you have absolutely been so much fun to visit with, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in Nashville maybe this fall. Well, I look forward to it. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for having me and making time to chat with me. I really appreciate it. It's been so much fun. Well, you are very welcome. This is Traveling Soldier. We'll be right back. Two days past 18, he was waiting for the bus in his army green, sat down in a booth. Cafe there gave his order to a girl with a bow in her hair. He's a little shy, so she gave him a smile, and he said, would you mind sitting down for a while, talking to me, feeling a limbo. She said, I'm off in an hour, and I know where we came 
soldier, Olivia Harms. Mary Kay, what a fun show today. Really fun. Just amazing guests. We had great guests today. So much fun talking with Mickey Furman and sharing music from her uh, Wrangler Award-winning album, Westbound. And then mm-hmm. great to have Olivia with us and uh, and great, great visiting with her. So, you know, if you want to hit the road, just get a travel trailer and two dogs and take off. You know, <laughs> that's the way to do it. The, I just I just giggled when she told that story because I know we know her mother and she has that, you know, Olivia's got that cowgirl spirit. And, you know, I think she knows from those years seeing her mother on the road that there's good people out there that appreciate the music. Anyway, we're going to see great things from that young lady. I'm looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Well, it's been a fun show today. We're going to invite our audience around the world to tune in to iHeartRadio, Apple Podcast, iTunes, and Spotify. Just search for Equestrian Legacy Radio, and you can find our shows there. Or visit our website at equestrianlegacy.net. Be sure to tune in on Thursdays for the Campfire Cafe and Saddle of America, beginning at noon Central Time. And then again on Saturday for Live from Nashville right here. Mary Kay, we'll see you soon, my dear. All righty. All right. This is Allison Krause. It's called The Lucky One. Thanks for listening.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.